Good morning. It's good to be here and called by God to come and respond and worship. We gather here in the presence of Almighty God. It's good to join in person and also want to welcome those who are joining us online. We're thankful that God has called us, interrupted our, our lives, our normal schedules to come and respond as his people. Uh, I want to say Merry Christmas and it's a good chance for us to rejoice and to reflect again on the birth of Christ and the good news that a child has been born for us. As we begin, I just want to direct your attention to the order of worship and a couple announcements. If you look inside the inside cover, um, there's some information about our service and that it we're, it's a little shorter this time uh, during, this, during this season. Um, and also there is uh, at the, no nursery or preschool this morning, uh, but we will have children's worship. Um, the nursery and preschool are on pause until January 9th. Uh, also, if you look at the very back of your order, uh, the last couple pages, there's some announcements and things that are coming up in January. There's going to be a discussion. We'll look at some of uh, John Calvin's writings about how Christ is the revelation of God. There's also a book discussion coming up towards the end of January. So if you're looking for a good book to read, you can join us as we're going to participate in the One Book, One Chicago selection called Bedrock Faith. And so take a look, and, and if you have any questions, please let me know about that. Um, for the children that are going to be heading downstairs, uh, Melinda's in the back that she can meet them, and they can make their way to the basement and uh, be part of that class that will go for the length of our service uh, this morning. Well, as God's called us and as we prepare to come, let's take a moment of quiet uh, to prepare ourselves to come before God. Good morning. Our call to worship today is from Psalm 148. Will you stand with us and we'll sing it together. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all his hosts. Praise him sun and moon. Praise him all you shining stars. Praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds. 
kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Let's join together uh, in a word of prayer. Lord, we give you thanks that you are the one who has called us. You are our creator and our redeemer, calling us to come into your presence. And so I pray, Lord, that you'd meet us here by your spirit to minister to us, that we may find the, the joy 
of your gospel, the rest of your grace. As we gather this day, we especially recall the good news that the angels announced to the shepherds and to all the world. Unto us is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Lord, we thank you for this good news, for to us has been born a Savior. Not news that we somehow have created or participated in or made happen, but news that flows out of your great love and grace for us. We give you thanks for this good news, and we pray that we receive it with humble hearts, that we find who we are in the midst of this good news, and that you teach us to see our neighbors anew through your grace and through Christ. Lord, we gather here, some of us with hearts that are ready to worship and others who are hearts that are weighed down or weary, whether it's from sickness or just overwhelming schedules or difficult relationships. Lord, we ask that you'd meet us. Meet us in our joy, but also meet us in our fears and worries, our stress and uncertainties. Lord, meet us and give us good news that we may walk as your children this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we gather in God's presence, there are, we respond in faith, and part of that is to confess our sins, to acknowledge that God is different than us. And so we'll do this together in our time of confession and assurance. We'll, we'll pray together. Then we'll sing and have a time of personal silent confession. So I invite you to join together in our corporate confession. Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. With his own body, Jesus broke down the walls of separation, and by his death on the cross, Christ destroyed our divisions. Lord Jesus, you have said, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Therefore, forgive us the sins of disunity, pride, jealousy, and narrow-mindedness. Forgive us the sins of false unity, apathy, and indifference. By your grace, Lord, make us one in genuine love and mutual trust. I agree. 
take a moment of quiet that we can bring our personal needs and confessions to God. Lord, we give you thanks that you hear us when we pray. And we thank you for the invitation to come with honesty, confessing our needs and our sin to you, confident that your grace in Christ is greater than our sin. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite, if you're able to stand uh, with me, that we can hear together these words of assurance from Isaiah 52. I invite you to, to read with them with me. Burst into songs, O joy, together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Jesus the Christ is born. Give thanks now, everyone. Rejoice, Well, it has been done.
The Old Testament lesson is from 1 Samuel 2, verses 18 through 20 and 26. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So they would return to their home. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. The New Testament lesson is from Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Gina, for reading the scriptures. It's good to be able to celebrate Christmas with you and look at God's word together. We're going to look at a passage from Luke 2, verse 6, I mean, sorry, verse 8 through 20. Um, this is what I have a chance for us to look at is uh, the angels giving the good news to the shepherds that Christ has been born and, and seeing their response. And as a way for us to, to think about this before we read our passage, I think one of the questions that's in this passage is, the, is, what does it mean to listen? What does it mean to hear and to respond? We probably have this experience, or we, we kind of know this in our hearts, but to listen, to, to hear, leads to a response. To actually hear, to actually listen, leads to some type of response. And sometimes it can be simply eye contact or nodding in agreement or maybe expressing your disagreement. And sometimes it leads to us starting to do something or stopping doing something or following directions that need to be understood. Sometimes the response to hearing, to, to listening, is internal, that people might not always see it or know it, but it's a considering of your view or considering how you understand something. It's affirming how one has spoken or considering your actions, reflecting on what you might have done or what you didn't do. Listening can lead to responses such as forgiveness, reconciliation, 
repentance. Well, this passage that we're about to read is about hearing and responding. Where the angels give the good news of Christ's birth. And we see a response. We see hearing in these shepherds. So let's read this together. Uh, Luke 2, verse 8 through 20. You can follow in your order or in your Bible. Or just listen as I read. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is God's word. It's given for our good. Well, as we think about uh, this idea of, of receiving, of, of listening and hearing and then responding, I want to move through our passage by seeing that there are three locations, three locations in which we see the shepherds engaging in this. There is the, the field, the stable, and then their journey home. So in the field, it's in the field that the shepherds hear the angels. The angels suddenly appear to the shepherd, keeping watch in the fields at night and burst upon the quiet scene. Maybe it's a passage that we are familiar with. We've heard many times at Christmas. There's suddenly a flashing in the dark sky, and the shepherds startled and filled with fear. But they're told by the angel to fear not, for they bring them good news. Good news for all the people. For unto you is born this day a Savior. It's Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And so the shepherds are overwhelmed by this. But this listening, listening leads to a response. They make haste to go and to see. And it's a chance for us for a moment to reflect on what does it mean to hear the good news? What does it mean to hear and to respond and I suggest to you that part of hearing is to conclude that this announcement from the angels, this announcement that a child has been born who is our Savior, responding includes that this is something that I need to hear, that this is something that concerns me. Those who encounter Christ, they have different ways in which they get there, but one of the commonalities is the conclusion that one comes to that Christ and the message of who Christ is, is the answers to the questions that are in our hearts. 
to respond to the good news is to say that this concerns me, that it speaks to my questions, it speaks to the needs that I so deeply feel. It reveals what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. It is good because I need to hear it, and it is good in what it reveals to us. And as part of that is to recognize in our response, we see this in the shepherds, is to say that this message did not originate in me. For the shepherds, they know very clearly that they didn't create the light in the sky or bring forth the angels. They aren't the ones that authored the message. For it came beyond them. It came from outside of them. And so the same thing as we ask, what does it mean to respond to the good news? It also means to say that it concerns me, but it is from outside of me. It's not something I created or originated with me. And it's not just about practicing certain rituals or following certain rules. But because it's beyond me, it invites me into a world that is larger than myself. One in which Christ is at the center. A world that in which the heavens and the earth sing of glory and of joy and of praise. Our call to worship and if you notice that in the psalm, it was trying to think of every creature, everything in creation was being invited to praise God. This is part of the response of the good news that we're invited into responding to the God of glory. That you and I have a part to sing, a way for us to join in. The shepherds hear the good news and they make haste to go, reminding us that Christ is held out as a gift that our hearts may receive him in faith. And so they make their way from the field to the stable to see this child. Which brings us to the second part of our passage, the second location. They've moved from the field to the stable. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they go and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby. And they enter into this humble scene as we think about listening and responding, let me ask, have you had the experience of asking somebody a question and they're talking and answering you and you realize in that moment that you're not listening at all to what they're saying to you, <laughs> even though you're the one that asked the question? Or maybe you've asked someone their name and then you realize that you didn't listen at all to what they said to you. <laughs> maybe you know, someone else did that. I mean, you've never done that before, but uh, you know. As we talk about listening, it's good for us to be honest that we live in a world full of noise and distractions and appointments, full of information. And it's not just out there, right? We ourselves are often overwhelmed with all sorts of things swirling in us, making it difficult, even when we want to, to listen, to receive. There's an author who writes that one of the scarcest resources in our world is attention. We might think of time or energy or love. These are important, but we should add attention to the list. That one of the scarcest resources in our world is attention. Giving attention to someone. And this invites us in our passage to think about listening as a spiritual act listening, giving attention to hear words that are spoken ultimately flow out of humility 
an openness to hear, an openness that we need to hear, that we maybe even need to be directed. You see, the shepherds have traveled to see Christ the Lord, and he's not merely in a low position, he is, but he's in a place that no one would have ever looked. Sure, it's in Bethlehem, but he's not in the places of power. He's in a place where animals are kept, animals and livestock. He has as his bed a feeding trough. This is a place that would not be visited unless someone was specifically directed to it. See, the announcement and journey put us in a certain position Those who encounter Christ, those who find Christ, are not those who rise above others or who are smarter or superior to others in some manner. Those who encounter Christ, who find those who are, they are those who recognize that they are in a position of receiving, of needing to listen, of being led, of being directed. The shepherds remind us that the good news is not something we figure out or create ourselves, but something that we receive. See, Christianity reminds us it's part of the, at the heart of our faith is that God has acted first. Of course, as our creator, but also as our redeemer, that God has acted first out of his mercy and out of his promise not because we somehow provoked his attention, but because of his great love for us, he took on flesh and dwelt among us, born as Jesus. And this is desperately good news, that the coming of God is not the natural consequences of our internal spiritual work, that the coming of God is not the fitting conclusion to your goodness or my goodness but rather God comes of his own initiative out of his love for you and me. God comes to a people that are described in the scriptures as dead, broken, sinful, covered in darkness, lost, adulterous, rebellious, and foolish. And God comes and lays in a manger in a stable. So when the shepherds come, they come not as those with power or influence or wealth or resources. They come as those who have been invited, invited by the proclamation of the good news that unto you is born a Savior. There's an author named Francis Schaeffer that has been always helpful to me in his writing. And one of the ways that he describes faith, to think about our listening and responding, is he describes faith as a little child holding out his or her hands to receive a gift. I don't know how you think about your faith before God, but that image has always been helpful to me. A child coming with humility and with a desire, with an openness to receive, but the gift coming from one who loves that child, the gift coming from one who has resources to bless the child. We see this in the shepherds as they move from the field to the stable. Those who are invited to come to receive and see this gift. Well, the last location is not really maybe a location, but it is a journey home, a path back after seeing this child encountering the stable. And what we encounter here is that the shepherds go forth and they extend their experience to others. 
they've listened and they've responded, and now the response includes telling others what they have witnessed and what they've seen. Right away, they begin telling others of the angel's words and what they witnessed. When the shepherds saw Jesus, they made known the sayings that had been told to them concerning the child. And our passage says, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And Mary herself treasured these words in her heart and pondered them. And as the shepherds returned to the fields, they were glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Part of listening was receiving the message. Part of listening was to go and to receive the invitation to go and, and see. But now part of listening is to respond with praise, respond with telling, to share what has been encountered. And there's a couple things that are worth observing in this. That first, that God and his character, God and his maybe strange kingdom delights in taking lowly shepherds, those who in that culture were deemed not trustworthy. He delights in taking them and lifting them up, that they become, in a sense, secondary angels, announcing the glory of God and the Savior who has been born. Think about that. The shepherds, the lowly ones, they have been lifted up, that they are the messengers now, the heralds of God, the good news that God delights in lifting the low, that those who are invisible are seen by God, those who often have no voice in their society are given a voice by God to tell of his wonders. And the second thing to remind us, this thing for us to observe again, is that they do not proclaim themselves, do not proclaim what they have figured out, but rather they speak of the activities of God. Their message is rooted in what they have witnessed, what they have heard, what God has done. And that's an encouragement to us. For us to give witness, for us to be part of listening and responding, doesn't mean that we have to have everything figured out, know how to answer every question, or to know exactly how we're to feel about certain things in the faith. But we're to give witness to the good news that's been proclaimed in Christ and God's activity for the world. Listening leads to a response. Listening leads to a response. And so I invite you this day for us to hear again the good news. For unto us is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. This will be good for all peoples. Glory to God in the highest. Let us hear the story and respond. Let us find our place in God coming and God's activity and God's love for us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your good news in Christ. And we pray, Lord, that as we reflect on the shepherds and the angelic message, that it would be encouraging to us, not just something of the past, but good news that's been proclaimed to us. Let us hear it and receive it with our hearts. Let us take hold of the gift that has been offered, and let us go forth inviting others to encounter it as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us and we'll sing in response.
Almighty God, who has poured upon us the light of your incarnate word, grant that the same light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Giving light to those in darkness. 
be seated. Well, having heard God's word, we're now invited to the table that God sets for his people. Uh, during this time, we're, we're not coming forward to take communion, but we're participating through these prepackaged elements. If, if you are a follower of Christ and if you're planning on participating in communion, you'll need one of these. If anybody uh, need one, and Monica can bring some. Just raise your hand if you need a package. Okay, thank you. Well, God has invited us to come to this table. Christ gave us the sacrament of this cup and this bread, this meal, that we would see with our eyes that we could hold and, and taste the good news that had been, been proclaimed with words. The good news proclaimed that a Savior has come for us. This is the same message that we see and that we can hold and taste at this table. That God, because of his great love for you, went out seeking the lost. God, because of his great love for us, went out and entered into our sin and darkness to bring forgiveness and light. Because of God's great love for us, he went forth finding those who were alone and isolated to bring them back, to call them sons and daughters of God. And the way that God has done this is through the person of Christ, through his broken body and shed blood, to bring us around his table, that we be received as forgiven, fully accepted, adopted as his children. This is the good news. And this is what we have a chance to remember and proclaim and to experience as we eat and drink of this table. Let it be a witness to you. If you're participating in communion, let it be a, a nourishment of your soul. If you are ob watching, observing, let this be one that lifts your hearts to be reminded to you of the good news of Christ for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are, that you have come to us. Thank you for the good news, and as part of that good news is that you are the one who has come, that you have acted on our behalf. So, Lord, as we gather today, let us come in repentance and faith, trusting you. We pray that you would use this bread and cup to nourish our soul, to strengthen our faith, to lift our heads that we may walk as your children, that we may love one another and our neighbors as you have loved us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're participating in communion, I invite you to go ahead and prepare the elements. You can open these. On the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. Lord, thank you for your table, and we thank you for the good news of Christ. We praise you and glorify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand with me that we can respond to this table with prayer and song. O Lord Emmanuel, you are the light of the world. You have promised that all who follow you shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Give us courage to share this light with others as we sing together.
you to respond by confessing your faith like we can join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For our God is a generous God who has blessed us, and so I invite you to respond in generosity. You can give to the work of the church. There's uh, silver offering plates in the back of the sanctuary. You can use after the service, or you can give through the church's website. The information is in your order of worship. Now let's respond to God's goodness and generosity by singing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Receive now God's blessing. May the love of God the Father the grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. You may go in peace.